Jesus. We're so glad to be able to gather together one more time on a Wednesday night. Last service, Brother Tom was sitting over there, and now he's sitting over here. Next time he'll be up here, right? Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So good to see him doing so well and getting better every day. Praise God. Amen. Good to see you all. Greet everyone online. At home, wherever you might be, pray God richly bless you. Can we sing one of them? I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. One of them, hallelujah, one of them. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them, hallelujah, one of them. I'm so glad.
something that the world didn't give. Well, I've got something that the world didn't give and the world didn't give away. I've got something that the world didn't give and it keeps me day by day. I've got something we're talking about
Sounds like camp meeting tonight. Amen. We're in for a, I believe we're in for a real good feast. Expecting from the Lord. Can we sing, I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt of the past. I'm free from the fears of tomorrow. I'm free from the fears of the past. For I trade my shackles for a so gracious and set us free to be free in Him. Amen. Praise God. Just a testimony here from Sister Judy Florent and family. It says, we just want to thank the Lord for answered prayers. We put in a prayer request on behalf of of my brother Compton last Wednesday. He was discharged from the hospital yesterday after being in care for two months due to a perforated ulcer. He is doing better. God is our healer. I just want to thank all who prayed. We just are thankful for what God has done in our sister's brother's life. Brother Richard Drake has a request here for his wife, Sister Barb, who's homesick with an allergy attack and um, requesting prayer for a complete deliverance from these allergies and sensitivities. Amen. I think I got that right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Brother John, would I would you come and pray with us tonight? If you have a need tonight, maybe you could slip up your hand to the Lord. He's here, mindful, 
Lord, we just want to thank you, Jesus, and praise your holy name. That we have breath and we have life and we have your Holy Spirit pulsating in our lives. That we can praise you tonight and thank you on this Wednesday night for all your goodness. That we can open up our mouths and praise you from the bottom of our hearts for salvation and send in this message, Lord. Oh, such songs we sang tonight of freedom and the blood and, and, and what you've done for us. Surely this house of God ought to be just exploding with hallelujahs and praise gods and thank you, Jesuses. So many testimonies as we heard our sister Judy's family that we prayed about, Lord. We remember these prayer requests. And then to have you come by the way and remember them also. Such a glorious thanksgiving, Lord. Even our brother Joshua wrote in a thanksgiving for Sunday how his back was in such a trouble. And Lord, you have answered his prayer and tonight he is pain free. We want to thank you for that, Lord. Uh, Sister Lisa Weber with the same testimony prayed for in one service and within hours, Lord, you set her free and she's resting well and sleeping well. We give you glory tonight, Lord. Sister Clara Woman having a test on Monday and seeing these cancers are leaving her body. These cells of the enemy are leaving her. We just give you glory tonight, Lord. Even in this service, Lord, throughout the building and out on the internet, there's brothers and sisters and children and older ones that are, Lord, if we could scream it from the top of the mountain, it would be nothing but the blood of Jesus. You've been good to us, Lord. Nothing but good. Nothing but wonderful. Tonight we want to remember that, Lord, and how great you are. And even those that are in the scene audience, our responsibility to create an atmosphere so that those outside of this building can be healed. They can be touched. They can have the answers, Lord, to their needs, Lord. And we pray for the minister tonight, our brother Tim Dodd, that you would anoint the gift in his life. Lord, for at these end times, we are so thankful for the men of God and for the ministry that you have given to us in this local assembly that out from this pulpit can go from the storehouse the word of God and we can be strengthened we can be renewed our minds can be clear our hearts can be clear our bodies can be clear no fear of tomorrow oh no guilt of the past Lord make it more than a song tonight make it a revelation oh God of these wonderful things you have revealed in our day Lord We give you glory tonight and to see you working, Lord, heart to heart and life to life. Would you continue in our sister Barb Drake, Lord, just to take care of all these sensitivities, Lord, and all these needs, Lord, that she has and other requests. Hands are lifted up. You are our healer. By your stripes we were healed and we claim strength and comfort and peace tonight to every life. Minister your word, Lord, to our lives and we give you glory in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Appreciate that, Brother John. God bless you. You can have your seats this evening. I want to thank Sister Linda for stepping up tonight and taking the piano. It's good to see you there. Maybe we can sing, I Shall Not Be Moved. I was um, on my way to church this evening. I was thinking about the 
word that God has given us, revelation of the word that God has given to us and how the prophet of God said that when you're behind the word, it's like you're behind a 40-foot concrete wall. Isn't that, well, you think about that, that's from from here to outside the building, that's, that's a pretty thick wall. It's a pretty good barrier. Amen. So Satan can try to attack us and throw all kinds of curveballs at us, but praise the Lord, we've got the Word on our side. And it's the living Word. And it's the unfailing Word. And it's the unchanging Word. And we're not going to be moved off of it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Savior. We're going to ask our brother Tim to come out. We're just going to sing this to the Lord. Just love to praise the Lord. Amen. Love to worship the Lord. He's so wonderful. Worthy of our praise. Maybe we could stand together. I hope I don't tire you out by asking you to stand, but we just seem to worship better when we're standing. Amen. My Jesus, my Savior.
How John must have shouted in heaven. Oh, that the seas would roar. Oh, that the mountains would bow down. At the sound of the name of the Lamb. That has been counted worthy to take the book and to loose the seals. Almighty God, redemption work coming to completion. Our place being established in your presence. Oh, Lord, what an hour that we live in. The sons of God, always having an inheritance, but now you making known to the sons of God what is their inheritance. Revealing it, Lord, tearing back the mysteries, letting us see ourselves in your presence, oh God. We thank you, Lord. It gives us faith, inspires our hearts. It it drives away our amnesia, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We heard of the testimonies tonight. Lord, we're so thankful. It so moves us, Father, when you you answer our prayers. Lord, we're just so grateful that you're merciful to us here on the earth, Lord. We're not yet in those glorified bodies. We've not yet come to the fullness of adoption. 
to it the redemption of our bodies. But Lord, that's a part of it. And Lord, we're claiming it. Like Abraham, we're looking afar off at a city, O God. We're closer to it than he was. And Lord, it's truly just over the next rise, perhaps. But we just commit ourselves to you tonight. May the service tonight, Father, take us one step closer. Lord, may it draw us nearer to the reality, the manifestation, the fullness of the measure, O God. And Lord, we pray you'll deal with our hearts, our lives. Lord, it doesn't matter who's standing behind the desk as long as you're using the one behind the desk. So we ask, Lord, that you'll just take the preeminence tonight. Have your way as we turn back your word. Lord, what a word you have given. So mighty a word. It will never fail. Lord, we just love you and we just commit ourselves to you. Bless the hearer. May people be healed. May captives be delivered. May chains be broken. May the lost be saved. May the backslider come back to you. Lord, may great victories be wrought through your word, we pray. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And all of you that are home, we greet you also in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's good to have you with us by way of streaming. And uh, trust that the service will be a blessing to you as we take our Bibles. We're going to turn together to the book of John chapter 3. I want to bring you greetings here out on the internet. And uh, to those that couldn't make it, uh, to those that did make it, we're glad to have you here pulling on the word. Um, uh, this Sunday, we also uh, want to have uh, a missions update. We're going to update you on some great things that are uh, unfolding in missions. And uh, uh, I've kind of been holding back a little bit, just watching things unfold as the lockdown around the world is being lifted. This Friday, you can remember it in your prayers if you want, this Friday they're having a baptismal service for Methodists. Methodist ministers in Uganda. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And uh, so Brother Stephen Bally just texted me today and said, we'll be having it this Friday. I said, well, send me pictures and I'll show the people on Sunday. Amen. So that'll be wonderful and great things are happening there. We're glad to have Brother Tom back on the platform. Amen. And we believe in that that, that uh, cast or whatever it is, boot, will disappear. <laughs> Amen. And, uh, you know, we hear about, heard the testimonies of the prayer requests answered. The Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. Amen. Amen. Brother David, I know all of you know, many of you know the, uh, that testimony in your own lives, if not all of you. And so we're thankful to the Lord for all that he's done. John chapter 3 is where we're reading. Starting our service tonight. Scriptures that are we are all well familiar with, but could probably almost quote them off by memory. But in verse 1 it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do the, these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, 
Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Amen. The Lord add his blessing to the word. You may be seated. These are uh, foundational. The whole Bible is foundational. These are foundational scriptures. These are uh, scriptures that we all look to. And we all experienced in our coming to the Lord. And we all heard it and we all recognized it of the new birth. But I'm actually going to take a, a little bit uh, different approach to it tonight. Uh, just not speaking necessarily on the new birth, though the new birth is the beginning of it all. But in the message Proving His Word in 1964, Brother Branham says these words. He says, Jesus came to redeem the righteous. And to redeem means to be brought back from where you once was. He could not redeem the unbelievers. No matter how educated or how much doctors of degree they had. He could not redeem them because they were not redeemable. They had to go to their destination. Alright? So here is a man and a... a uh, a man of Israel that uh, is part of the, uh, you could say, the elders in the nation that comes to Jesus. And I want you to notice, he says, we know you're a teacher that comes from God. In other words, he says, we recognize that God is with you. We recognize that God has sent you. And even in the Greek, it actually doesn't say a teacher come from God, but it rather says, we know you're sent from God as a teacher is actually the way the Greek would say it. And so here he's looking at the Lord Jesus as a teacher. He's looking at Him as an instructor. He's looking at Him as someone that that is meant to impart something that they have need of, something that they have need to learn. But Jesus doesn't tell him, you know, sit down and and, and listen to what I have to tell you. No, Jesus says to him, listen, except you're born again, you will not catch what I am teaching. Alright? Except you are born again, unless a man is born again, he cannot understand the kingdom of God. And Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God. He did not come preaching an earthly kingdom, but so now as, as, as Jesus, God, Emmanuel, now walking in flesh amongst them, as, as His life and His testimony standing there, as, as He begins to express God right in their midst, the words that He speaks, as Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. They're, they're not the words of a man, and they're not the man, a man's understanding of God. You understand what I'm saying? They're not a, a, a man that's born in sin, trying to struggle to comprehend eternal things, but rather it's the eternal mind of God that is now being expressed. And so if I title the subject tonight, I, I would say, this teaching is for the redeemable. This teaching is for the redeemable. It's not for everybody. And we've been speaking about the, the, the redeeming of the inheritance and speaking about the, what God has done in our day. And I, I, I was looking at the message, the breach between the seven church ages and the seven seals. And I was discussing it with some brothers last night and we were talking about it. And I, and I said, you know, 
uh, Brother Branham uses unique terminology. And you, and in order to understand what Brother Branham's saying, you have to understand the word the way Brother Branham uses it. And when he takes a title at the beginning of the opening of the seals and calls it the breach between the seven church ages and the seven seals, he's saying something there as he begins to minister on Revelation chapter 5 and the Lamb taking the book. All right, and so uh, as Brother Branham, if you if you have studied or listened to the message of the hour, and I'm speaking, of course, to believers tonight, if you've studied the message of the hour, is the the way that Brother Branham uses the word breach might be a little bit different than maybe you might find in a dictionary. And so Brother Branham, he he talks about it this way. He says, "Who will stand in the breach between man and God?" And put his hand on a sinful man and a holy God and bridge the way. Of course, that man was Jesus Christ. He was a man that stood in the gap. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, there there became a gulf of sin between man and God. Or we could say between man and where man was meant to be. And so there there had to be someone stand in the breach to bridge that gap. Are you with me? Okay. In another place, he talks about Israel in the wilderness and how that Moses stood in the breach. How that God was going to come down and, and wipe Israel out for their sin and say to Moses, just get out of the way. I'll, I'll wipe them all out. I'll start a new nation from you. And Moses says, no. He says, if you're going to take them, take me first. And he stands in the breach and, and stops the wrath of God from striking Israel. And Brother Bradham says, that was the spirit of Christ. And so there was a spirit of Christ standing in the breach. And and he talks about even himself as he, in the early part of his ministry, he talks about the two branches of Pentecostalism, the oneness and the Trinity. And he said, you know, I tried to stand in the breach between them and bring them together. And so he, he wasn't a oneness. He wasn't a Trinity. And that's what some, see, the Trinity thinks Brother Branham was a oneness, and the oneness thinks Brother Branham was a Trinity, but the fact of the matter was he's neither because they're both wrong. And, and it, but he stood in the gap trying to bring them together, though ultimately he was not successful, of course, because it wasn't God's will. But yet, he has a, with the Spirit of Christ, he tried to bridge the gap between these brethren, and he wasn't one, and we can learn from this, he wasn't one for division. He was one that felt like the blood of Jesus Christ was shed for all of us. Can we say amen to that? He felt that, you know, all of God's people, all the people that love God, they might be wrong. The Trinity might be wrong. The the oneness might be wrong. You know, he talked in in those terms in the message, marriage and divorce. He says there's one camp that says, you know, they can remarry any time. And there's another camp that says they can never remarry. Quite frankly, they're both wrong. And, and, and he's, he, he's, he's showing that there's divisions because of doctrine. There's divisions because of different things. And it creates a breach. And, and, and there needs to be someone stand in the breach. So now, in 1963, he begins to describe the breach between the seven church ages and the seven seals. Now, what kind of a breach is that? It's a gap. But what is the gap? What is it that the seven church ages on one hand and the seven seals on the other, 
that has to be brought together and connected. And we know that the one connecting it was the Lamb of God in Revelation chapter 5. When he would take the book and open the book, loose the seals, he had paid the price at Calvary. He had bridged the breach between God and man at Calvary. But that wasn't the breach Brother Branham was talking about here. This was a different breach. So what the breach was is, is he talks about it in the breach message. Uh, see if I have it here. Uh, no, I don't. But he talks about it in the breach message. He says, you know, he says it's a breach between in the seven church ages where they probed at things, where they tried to understand things, and the opening of the seals, which is the fullness of the revelation. And so there's a gap here, but in order to bring the church ages and the fullness of the revelation together, there has to be one stand in the breach. And so the Lamb stepped forward from the eternities to take the book and bridge the gap for us from partial revelation to full revelation. Hallelujah. So now that maybe makes it a little more clear what we what we've been ministering on. This message is not a light thing. It's not just a a holier holiness. It's not just a a, a stricter Pentecostalism. It's not just you know a, a, another revival. This is much more than that. This is a bridging of the church coming out of partial revelation into the fullness of the revelation of the Word of God. Hallelujah. That's what we have come into. Uh, more importantly, that's what you have been called into. What a calling. What a place that God has, has called you to. So now the book that was sealed, Brother Branham takes it from the breach message and says, you know, he says, it's like Jeremiah described in in the book of Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah said, the scroll must be kept. He said, it must be kept in an earthly vessel. Oh, what a beautiful thing there I could talk about for a while. The scroll was kept in an earthly vessel. A vessel that once became flesh, died, rose again, kept in an earthly vessel until the time of the purchase. Oh my, he says, now these messages are all kept up until this earthly vessel, until the time of God's appointed time at the last messenger at the earth. And all that these people had jugged at and said, I know it's there. I believe it's there. They fought at it. They brought it forth and produced things by faith. They believed it. But now it's going to be brought to us in revelations and from the hand of God by vindication. Now, now you forgive me if I'm just maybe teaching it tonight, but I, I want to just lay some of these things in so you, that you understand. These are not nice revelations. These are the keys of the age that we live in. These are the very things you need to know by revelation, which can only come by the new birth, in order to comprehend what God is trying to reveal to you. In one place... 
I'm sure Brother Tom knows the quote. He might even be able to tell me which message it's in. He says, in one place, I don't know if it's Christ the Mr. God revealed, he says, he says, why do you hunger, th- church? Why do you thirst? Is it Christ the mystery? He says, it's God trying to get the revelation of these things into you. He says, but you let your church, you let your pastor, you let your husband, your wife, whatever it is, take it out of you. In other words, there's all kinds of distractions or there's all kinds of things that are trying to hold to the previous dispensation. Your church, your pastor, he's talking about denominational type ideas that are holding you back. And even, I can say, around the world, as I've traveled around the world, you find ministers that are just pressing on in the light of God. But at the same time, you find some ministers, uh, uh, particularly some of the older ones that have come out of denomination, that are just seemingly sometimes unable to let go of the past. Unable to let go of their previous understanding. You have to come into the understanding of the light of the word for your day. Luther battled it in his day. And he didn't even have the fullness. But in his day, where the just shall live by faith, he spent book upon book upon sermon upon sermon preaching the reality that the just shall live by faith. But the people were raised Catholic. He he preached the absoluteness of the Word of God as the absolute authority, but the people were raised Catholic. They thought, well, it's just the church. It's not just the church. It's not just what the priest says. God sends His anointing to His Word in the hour that you live in, and that is sent to quicken the elect. In other words, that's the new birth that Jesus was talking about, without which you'll never understand the teaching for your age. It has to start with the new birth. That's why the preaching of the new birth is still valid. It's still important. And we have gifted brothers that labor with us to to get even the youngest ones into the new birth. How do I get the new birth? We could say it's simple. Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. We can say it that way. Sum it up in a sentence. But you must repent. That's the beginning of it. If there's anybody here who hasn't fully repented, you'll never get the Holy Ghost until you've fully repented. Repent of your own ideas. Repent of your own doubts. Repent of your own fears. Repent of your own ideas. Repent of your own pride. Oh, I was I was listening to Brother Michael preach last Friday, last Wednesday, I think it was, as he was describing the stars and the universe and all these things. And I might come to that in a little bit of, of God's creation and how that, that God sent it forth. Brother Bram says, God believed his own word. It went forth from his mouth. That's why it means that he breathed it out. It's, he spoke those things and it came into existence. And all of those great things. And I be, as I begin to ponder the expanse of the universe and how great God is, then it kind of almost overwhelmed me as I begin to think about no wonder pride is such an evil thing to God. So evil. Who are we? As God said to, to Job, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Where were you when I set the constellations in order? Where were you when I did all of this? And Job had to humble himself before God. And when you see God that way, it's how how humbling an experience it is. But then, I'll just say it this way. 
just so I don't leave you there. As, as, as I was pondering that in my thoughts, and I thought, how great God is, and as Michael so aptly, Brother Michael so aptly described it. But then I begin to think, I almost begin to get a feeling like, God, you're so distant. And you're so far out there. But then it's like he came in so personal and said, but when I appeared to Moses, I appeared as a man. And Moses saw the back part of a man. And I spoke to him lip to ear. Hallelujah. When God appears in different times by his angel, he becomes personal. It's not so much, you know, he he didn't come to Moses. When Moses says, I want to see your glory, God didn't show him the stars. God didn't show him the universe. God showed him the back part. He says that you can't see my face right now, but I'll put my hand over you. I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock and I'll go by and you'll see me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What kind of a God are we serving? That's so great, but he becomes so personal. So personal, he knows our every battle. Amen. Don't you know that? It's important when you're sitting in the hospital. Isn't it, Brother Tom? He's a personal God. Not just thinking of him out there in the stars. It's important when you're alone. It's important when you're struggling. It's important when your mind is all wound up. It's important when you're going through different battles. It's important when you're wondering about the future. And when you're, when the devil is trying to tell you this and that and the other thing. But God comes. He's a personal God. He's a very, very personal God. So Brother Brown describing this earthly, earthly vessel that become flesh. He says, and the, now these messages are all kept up in the earthly vessel until God's appointed time at the last messenger at the earth. And all, all these people had probed at this. Now remember, he's saying this earthly vessel was Christ. These mysteries were then in this earthly vessel. It was sealed in this vessel to be revealed in the last days. You see, the book of Revelation is a book of symbols. It, when, it, when it says a book and it says seven seals and it says a lamb and it says this and it says that, you've got to realize God is expressing himself in symbols to be revealed at the last days. John was told to seal it up and not write what the seven thunders, which were the mysteries contained in the seals, which were the mysteries that were contained in Christ. Hello? It was in that earthen vessel. It was sealed up until the last days. Even though salvation was revealed at Calvary, there were mysteries that were hidden that would only be expressed at the time of the seventh messenger. What was in him had to be expressed, but part of it was hidden until the last days. Let's look at Calvary. We realize at Calvary, they didn't know what they were looking at. They saw in the temple, the veil was rent from top to bottom. But that was only a type. It was only showing that the mercy seat was in plain view. But it wasn't that mercy seat. It was the mercy seat that was hanging on Calvary. 
There, God was, God was declaring to the world as he rent the veil himself from the top to the bottom. I'm declaring to you that the mercy seat is in plain view. There it was, hanging naked on the cross. The mercy seat. The Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world in plain view for anybody that could see it and nobody saw it. But it was in plain view. They didn't understand what was taking place. Peter wanted to protect him. The disciples scattered. The women cried out, why? What has he ever done? You know, why are you doing this to him? Because he wasn't just a rabbi. He wasn't just a teacher. He wasn't just a good man. He wasn't just a leader. He wasn't just a king. He was the man that would stand between God and man. He was the kinsman redeemer that would redeem our inheritance and bring it back to us once again. It was a mystery hidden within himself that was not yet fully revealed and would not be fully revealed until the last days and now today the mighty God is unveiled before the eyes of the believer and I'll say this the mighty God is fully unveiled before the elect but may God fully open our eyes To fully comprehend the fully revealed God. And I'm not saying that as though it's going to happen in this service. I'm saying that as though that's what's happening in our lives. Day by day. Message by message. Preaching by preaching. Scripture by scripture. Line upon line. Here a little, there a little. God's already unveiled himself and he's bringing us or drawing us into this great revelation of the mystery of himself. Hallelujah. The mystery of sonship. That's what hidden Jesus. He was the second Adam. Is that right? Bible doesn't call him the second Adam, but he was, as Adam was, the son of God. He was an expression of what it means not to bypass your theophany. He was an expression of full rights of inheritance and full possession. That's why he could never be defeated. And this was the mystery that laid within him. It wasn't something that was a doctrinal uh, idea of just something that of, uh, we'll say it, a white horse rider or a red horse rider or a black horse rider or those kind of things. But laying in those things being revealed is the mystery of sonship for the elect, for you and me. Brother Random tells a story and he says, he says one time going back to the days of slavery, he says there was a great plantation. It was told me that they had many slaves and the broker come by and wanted to buy. And the owner said, I've got a hundred out there. Look them over. And he noticed they were sad. They had been brought from Africa. They'd never go back. They whipped them to make them work. And because they didn't want to work, they were sad. You could say they were depressed. You could say... They had anxiety attacks. You know, if you were stolen from your land as a slave, as a prisoner of war, which most of them were, and uh, you were brought over 
on a ship, a long ways, separated, which in those days a ship and traveling between continents is a lot longer than it is today. And, you, and you're in this foreign country learning a new language and you're, you're realizing, I will never see my mom again. I will never see my dad again. I will never go back to the homeland. I will never taste that food again. I will never be a part of that culture again. I don't know what tomorrow holds. And, I, and add on top of that, wicked taskmasters who are beating them to make them work, you got a lot of room for anxiety. Amen? And, and so they were sad. Brother Bram says they were away from Papa, Mama, husband, babies, and all. They never would see them no more. They were in a strange land. They never would see their loved ones no more. But they happened to notice one young fellow there. My, his chest was out. His chin was up. They didn't have to whip him around. He was right on the mark every time. And the broker said, I'd like to buy that slave. And he said, he's not for sale. You know the story, I'm sure. And he said, what makes him so different? Is he the boss over the rest of them? No, he's just a slave. Perhaps you feed him better than you do the rest of them. No, he eats out in the galley with the rest of them. He's just a slave. Well, what makes them different from the rest of them? He says, I wondered myself, but I come to find out over in the homeland, his father is the chief, the king of the tribe. And he knows that he's a king's son. And he conducts himself like one. He had a revelation that nobody else had. He had the same circumstances of everybody else. He had the same food as everybody else. He didn't have any special privileges. He, he didn't have any special position. But he had something ingrained in him that he recognized, I am the son of the king. And that something nobody, no matter what the circumstances, can ever take away from me. My birthright is mine. And I'll say it to the believer, our predestination is ours. The predestinated seed gene, nobody can take away from you. Like Job found out, the devil might take your health away from you. The devil might take your wealth away from you. The devil might take your family away from you. There might be different things that the devil removes from your life. But no matter what, Job said, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He knew where he stood in the presence of God. I knew, I know I've made the provided sacrifice. I'm waiting to hear from God. I'm not interested in these comforters or what they have to say to me. I'm interested in what God has to say. Amen. How many are sure what God has to say? Oh, if we could just catch that tonight and anchor that within our hearts and realize it doesn't matter what went on today. It doesn't matter the battle I had. It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter uh, whatever happened to me that today, last week, month before, last year, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. I'm staying on the Word of God until I hear from God. Because I am a child of God. That's what Brother Brown was talking about. See, that's the mystery that laid in Jesus. That's why they couldn't move him. As he walked on the earth, he knew he was here for a purpose. 
He was the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. Brother Branham said it this way in the message, perfect faith. He walked by perfect faith in what the Word said he was. He wasn't interested in playing around, climbing around for anybody. He wasn't interested in putting a show on. He said, my meat is to do the Father's will. He had one desire, Lord, whatever you want to do with my life, I want to do that. And that's why he always had the right attitude. I was going to title this message, Fix Your Attitude. But that's why Jesus always had the right attitude. Because he was the word. And he walked by perfect faith in that word that he was. And that's what God has called us. That's why the revelation of the mysteries of the last days is the mysteries that was hidden in Jesus. Oh, you never looked at it that way, did you? No, it's the mystery that he walked by that's revealed in the last days that you might walk by the same revelation that Jesus walked by. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Tim, I'll never be, be as good as Jesus. I didn't say as good as. But rather, as long as you're in this flesh, if you walk by the revelation that God has revealed in this hour, you'll walk as a son or daughter of God. Because of this flesh, we will make mistakes because we bypassed our theophany. Because we are born in sin. Because we're subjected to these things in hope, this vanity in hope. The one who subjected us, our Father, believing that He will bring us through it by His own attributes as a healer, a savior, a deliverer, a provider. Bring us back to the place where the fullness of the mystery is revealed in our own lives. Hallelujah. That's what you're called to. That's what the Word is doing in your life. Sometimes we, we, our focus can become so narrow. Well, I got this specific little problem right now. As I said a couple weeks ago, Jonah could have looked at the whale's belly, but he chose to look to the temple. I'm looking to the promised Word. Did it change immediately? No, but he kept looking to the temple. He kept believing in his prayer. He kept believing that God heard his prayer. He kept believing that God accepted the words of Solomon. He kept believing that God's promises are true. And he might have spent days in the whale's belly, though not more than three. But though he spent that time in the whale's belly, he believed he's coming out of it. And it manifested. So I'll say, who put that in his heart to believe? God put that there. Who put it in your heart to believe? God put it there. Who in the midst of your struggle drops something in you and says, this is yours. It's God that does that. It's not you reaching out and finding a glimmer of hope. Oh, you know, if I could just find something, uh, you know, just to hang on to. No, God just drops a little bit on purpose. God just keeps you going because He's got a predestinated end to your existence. Hallelujah. So Brother Branham says he knows he's his king's son. He conducts himself like one. Friends, we're in a sinful world. Women, you're daughters of a king. Brothers, you're sons of a king. Let's conduct ourselves as sons and daughters of the king right in this world. Don't be like them. Thank you for those two or three amens. Don't be like them. 
fashion after them. We're different. Amen. We, we're from another. He says, we're aliens here. We're pilgrims. This teaching is for the redeemable. We're pilgrims. He says, let's conduct ourselves, act different, be different, be like up there in heaven. Oh my. Lord, let me conduct myself. Conduct myself. Now, we can break this down into every facet of our lives if we had time in one service. We could break it down into being a young person, a single person. Let me conduct myself like heaven on earth. Let me conduct myself like the mystery that was in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. We could go to a marriage and say, in a marriage situation, how do I conduct myself? Listen, this man had a revelation and that revelation produced his conduct. I really wrestled with saying what I'm about to say. Because it's, my wife isn't going to like me saying this. And she's over there, Brother Nathan, so I'll look this way. There was a time in our relationship before we were married. It's been long enough now that the pain is mostly gone. That my wife was having a hard time falling prey to my charm and wit. Or my good looks. Which obviously there's abundant. What are you laughing at? And, and... I was suffering a little rejection and I couldn't understand it because I knew that the Lord had spoke to me specifically about her. But yet there was rejection there and it wasn't easy. Now, now I'm not laying out the ideal courtship here. I'm just making a point. Okay. And so, so I was the one that was struggling all alone and, and wondering and, and you know, I got, I got really desperate with God. And I, I just thought, Lord, this is not working the way I thought it would work. This is not going the way I thought it would go. And, uh, and because we both worked in the office here, it created a bit of a rift. Okay. And, uh, largely because of me, I didn't know how to act. I had not gone that way for 30 years or so. And, and so, you understand what I'm saying? I was struggling. Okay? Is that alright? It's me, not her. We'll talk about this when we get home, obviously. And as I'm struggling, and I'm praying, and I'm looking to the Lord, not just, not just for comfort, but I'm looking to the Lord for an answer. Okay? And many of you know what I'm talking about when I say, you go to a place in prayer till you know the voice you hear is God's voice. Okay? That's, that's how best I can describe it. I'm sure many of you understand what I'm talking about. And I went to this place after much effort and prayer and, and asking God, what should I do? And then the voice of God came to me and said these words, treat her 
like your future wife. That's all. He didn't say what the future held. He didn't say when it would be there. He didn't say anything like that. He just said that. Now you can ask my wife later. She noticed all of a sudden something changed in the attitude. Because now I was treating her with a different revelation in mind. Oh, you're not catching it. All of a sudden, I begin to understand the unfolding of a relationship. And that while it wasn't there yet, I needed to treat her with respect. I needed to treat her with admiration. And I needed to treat her as though someday, and I was praying it wasn't going to be like Abraham, someday... That there would be an unfolding of this revelation from God. But I had to conduct myself now realizing what the future would hold. Are you with me? And that's what God calls for us by the revelation of His Word. He comes and unfolds His Word to us and says, You're mine. You're my bride. You don't belong to this world. You don't belong to this culture. You don't belong to this civilization. I don't want you to act like you're part of the world. I want you to act like you're mine. I want you to walk. I want you to talk. I want you to dress. I want you to live like you know that you are mine. Hallelujah. Because that's what God is revealing to us. Praise the Lord. It's a conduct, Brother Brown says. We're not of this world. And that's what God is taking His Word and pouring that into the believer on a day-by-day basis, confirming it to us little by little. Making it known to us in every situation. You're mine. You're not like the world. You're not like those out there. Now I'll go, I could say, now I could talk about Esther. And if I talked about Esther, if she was here tonight... She might say, don't talk about me. But yet in the midst of her uh, relationship with Ahasuerus, and it was a relationship, and I'm, I'm going to relationship. What I'm saying is, God is a personal God. And you have a relationship with Him. And this message is a personal love letter to you. It's to let you know how much He thinks of you. And He wants us to respond accordingly, according as He pours in revelation. Not sit back and say, well, you know, when are you going to get it? No, it's it's according to the revelation that God pours in. I'm His. Eternally, I'm His. I might not have stepped into eternity, eternity yet, but eternally, I belong to Him. Amen. It's made real to me. I'm a child of the King. When I look into the Word and it says, by His stripes I'm healed, that's me He's speaking about. When I look into the Word and says, uh, ask anything in my name and you shall have it. If you abide in my Word and my Word abides in you, you shall ask anything and it shall be done to you. That's me He's talking about. I don't know how many else, but I'm there. These are the mysteries that were hidden in Jesus that they probed at. 
Even Brother Branham, before the opening of the seals, as he, as he talked about the atonement in the message, my new ministry, as he began to think about these things and ponder them, and he, and he said, you know, how could it be if you say to this mountain, the atonement hadn't been offered yet? Why, well, there was a mystery to it, and how could, how could a man say something and it would happen? And then God comes down and reveals to Brother Branham in, in a personal experience that you say you need squirrels. Now speak it. Now say it. Say that word. What's he doing? He's showing Brother Branham who he is. It's not, it does not say the right of a prophet is to speak things into existence, but the right of the sons of God is to control nature. And the atonement paid the price for our inheritance. And Christ in the last days has come to bring back the inheritance, possess it, putting it into the hands of sons and daughters of God. You say, Brother Tim, but the body isn't changed yet. But we're going to have a body change. We have the revelation now and we have the manifestation day by day ahead of us. Brother Branham says in one place, that's the way the rapture will be. It'll just be a step by step walking with God until one day we step across the curtain of time. How are we stepping day by day? We're stepping by revelation. We're stepping by what God has revealed to us. We're believing His every word. We're doubting our own failures. We're doubting our own shortcomings. We're doubting our own scars. Well, I was this, or I was raised like this, or this happened to me when I was young, or that. That has nothing to do with it at all. Nothing whatsoever. God has called you. God is pouring His mystery into you. As the Word was made flesh by Jesus Christ, the Word is made flesh by the bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm sorry I don't have voice. I'm sorry I'm not an evangelist when I get to talking like that. I thought if I'm an evangelist like some of these brothers, you know, man, I could really preach that. Then I go back to teaching again. But this is what God is doing. And He's doing it. It's not you. It's Him doing it. It's you surrendering yourself to Him. It's you believing Him as He reveals Himself. Jesus says to the man whose boy is, is, I was reading this story to my son the other day, the boy that was uh, epileptic, and the father comes, your, your disciples couldn't help him. He says, but can you help him? And Jesus says, I can if you believe. Do you believe I'm able to do this? You see there, Jesus knew who he was, but they had to believe. That he was who he was. To get the benefit of who he was. That's why Brother Branham said, what you believe this is, is the reward you get. Hello? I hope these things are real to you. What you believe is having... See, sometimes we underestimate or undervalue even what God has done in our day. We didn't live in the days of Moses. But what a day that would have been. But not everybody caught it. We didn't live in the days of Paul. But what a day that was. As the word went out. But not everybody caught it. But I'll say we lived in the day. And are living in the day. of, Of one of the top three prophets. To ever walk on the earth. The seventh messenger. To finish the work of redemption. To fulfill 
the last commission of the seventh messenger to the seventh age. What kind of an hour are we living in? What kind of word are we in possession of? These are sacred things. These are powerful things. These are supernatural things. These are extraordinary events. And then it comes down. You forgive me for talking like this. I'm just going to talk to you straight. It comes down and it changes lives. I could go come on down to... I was looking at Sister Joanne sitting there and thinking of her dad. How it comes down to a man that has a, a, a different sort of a life. Goes through some different events in his young age. Molds him in a certain way. But because God has a purpose... Because he's bringing him to something that when God moves through his prophet, that this man will catch it. I've said it before, but Brother brother Biskel talks about being in the meeting in Vernon where he saw the cross-eyed girls, cross-eyed, cross-crossed eyes be healed. My uncle was in that same meeting. And I look at two different trajectories. Two lives. One stuck to Pentecost and went with them and tried to become some Pentecostal hero. And one walked with the message of the hour. I say thank God for Brother Biscoe. But he had to carefully walk by what God was revealing in him. I could go on down to a, a young man, not so young anymore, excuse me, Brother Tom, but a man sitting on the platform here that was a young man many years ago, walked into a meeting was moved up to the altar, gave his life to Christ. And all the years that followed that, how many years has it been? 45 years. 45 years that followed that, he's still the same. He still loves this message. He said, what was it? God continually revealing himself. God continually making himself known. How? By by some kind of a natural thing? No. By some kind of a personality? No. It has to be the word revealed. The mysteries that were in Christ Jesus are made known in this hour that they could be revealed, established, and manifested in the lives of his people. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Sons and daughters of the king. I'll have to close this up here pretty quick. Jesus, when he walked on the earth, he didn't appear to be anything. There's no beauty that we should desire him. He was clothed in humility. He wasn't trying to be a big somebody on the earth. That's why I say God hates pride. He was God, but he became a servant. Who are we? Surely we can become servants. Surely we can live a life for somebody else. Sometimes I think as Christians, maybe we forget that a little bit. Because we're living in Laodicea, a narcissistic age where men are lovers of their own selves and the pressure and the spirit of the age pushes us to looking out for number one. I just say, do something for somebody else. Reach out for somebody else. Help somebody else. Let God use you in whatever way that God has made you. And so, so here was Jesus expressing this to Nicodemus and, and says, listen, this teaching is only for those that are born again. You call me a teacher? He didn't dispute that. He didn't dispute that he was sent from God. But he did say, except you're born again, you'll never catch this teaching. Except you're born again, you'll never understand what it is, the purpose of my very life. You know, in the message, uh, at thy word, 
You know, he says, Jesus, Brother Brown says, Jesus said that a sower sowed. And if you just take it in your heart, don't dig it up every day to see how it's getting along. Just sink it in your heart and settle it. He says, that's all. Walk right on. God will take care of the rest of it. He's obligated to his word. You believe his word tonight? Are you with me tonight? Do you believe his word? Is it for you? Has it, has this message been sent for you is my question. Do you take ownership of it? Say, this is my message. This is my calling. I might not be called to be a prophet. I might not even be called to be a preacher. I might not be called to be a deacon. But you might be called to be something else. That's only the expression. I was thinking about that. Oh, I better leave that one alone. Anyway, we'll go back. (laughs) I'm just going to leave that. I almost scared myself there. Now you can all wonder about that. He says, do you know that everything that you see tonight is God's word materialized? Do you know your body is God's word materialized? Do you know them beans there is God's word materialized? I guess that's the ones that are watching on the internet. That's for you. He says, do you know that concrete is God's spoken word materialized? Do you know this whole earth is God spoke and said, let there be? And he believed his own word. And an earth come into existence. If it didn't, where did it all come from? He says, you say, come off the sun. Well, who spoke the sun into existence? Everything is God's word. Everything is God's word. Everything is God's word. Then can't we believe God's word? The word is the reason there's anything here. The word is the reason that we're here. He says the worlds were framed by the word of God. The Bible said so. God just spoke it and he believed his own word. And that's what it was. Hallelujah. We're really going to bring this to a close here. Here we go. We'll start. We'll jump out of it here. John 14, John 15, John 16. Three chapters. Jesus speaks of the spirit of truth. Alright. And I want you to, you can read them all when you go home. But John 14, verse 16. You can feel free to sit, put it on the internet if you want, brothers. And he says, and I will pray the Father, and He will give you another Comforter that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but you know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Amen. So now he's describing the comforter. He's describing the spirit of truth. He says, it's walking with you, but this truth shall be in you. All right. Chapter 15, verse 26. But when the comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the father, even the spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the father, he shall testify of me. All right. So by the Holy Spirit, you will catch who Jesus is. You will catch, depending on the age you're living in, if you're in the seven church ages, a part of the mystery, or in the last days, you will catch the full mystery. All right? John 16 and verse 12. Now here's Jesus speaking to the disciples. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot hear them 
now. What does he say? He say, there's some things that have to stay mystery right now. This isn't the time for them. He says, I would like to share them with you. I would like to make them known unto you. And even, I'll say it this way in my words, after you receive the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of Truth, you'll come to the revelation of many of these things. But I can't share them with you now because even if I did, you wouldn't understand them. Alright, so let me read on. Howbeit, when He, the Spirit of Truth, is come, He will guide you into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are Mine. Let me go back now. Verse 14. Put 14 back up there. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and will show it unto you. And then he says, all things that the Father hath are mine. So everything that the Father hath, I will give to the Spirit of truth who will give it to you. All right? Therefore said I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. All right. So now he's not just changing as we come to a close. He's not just changing the attitude of the believer towards the atonement. The atonement that laid at Calvary, as Brother Branham said, everything laid in the atonement. And if we can really catch a revelation of what the atonement did, then we realize that every promise in the book is paid for. But now in the fullness of the opening of the word, I'm not trying to make this some deep thing, I'm trying to make it simple. In the fullness of the opening of the word, in the message of the hour, in the shout that went out to start the rapture, it which is all the same thing, in this... It has simply come down to the fact that now he's giving us a change of attitude towards our relationship with him. Because now the church in partial revelation becomes bride in the fullness of revelation. That's what Esther went through in the Bible. As great a man as Ahasuerus was. Let's close on this thought. The musicians can come. I'm not going to delay it. As Esther was chosen to be queen, and Ahasuerus was the king, the greatest king on the earth at that time. Is that right? He, he was the uh, Medes and the Persians, the, the combined kingdom. He was king over all of it. They had conquered everybody. There was nobody that could stand up to them in that time. They were the greatest kingdom on the earth in that time. They were represented in Daniel's vision. And, and, and so there they were on the earth at that time. She now become married to the great man. The, the, the one that could order an army to go over here and conquer this kingdom could order troops in this direction, say, slaughter those people over there, or, or command this one saying, I'm doubling your tribute, or, or speak to that one say, we're going to build this great building project, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And she could, she could sit there as the queen and, and admire his works, admire his greatness, admire his authority, admire everything that he was. What a great man that I'm married to. But then came the time 
where she had to recognize her relationship to that man. Now it wasn't just how great that man is, but now what are my rights in my relationship with him? Hallelujah. It no longer becomes just the great king. It now becomes my husband. It now becomes the lover of my life. It now becomes the one who cares about me. Hello? The one who is concerned for me. That as she, she goes into the king, worried for her life, not understanding that her life meant as much as his life. I'm talking about them, but I'm talking about you. God, what about my life? Your life means just as much as his life. Because you're, you are flesh of his flesh. Your bone of His bone. Your life of His life. Your spirit of His spirit. Your His attribute in His thoughts before the foundation of the world come into manifestation in this hour. The mystery that was in Jesus. The mystery that was in that earthen vessel. That the seals could be broken in the last day so that you could understand the mystery that was in Him is the mystery of your life too. Why they couldn't look at it down through the ages. Luther couldn't help himself. But he didn't know why he couldn't help himself. He didn't know why. It just struck him the just shall live by faith. He, it was a man age. And it was a man anointing. And he just went out from there. And, he, and in his boldness and in his, his lion-like, uh, even though it was a man age, but it was a, like a lion-like personality and just fighting for the truth and standing for the truth and withstanding the church and withstanding false doctrine, withstanding all those things and standing there and holding for the truth. He didn't know why, but it worked. Because it was God. It wasn't that fully revealed in that age. And along comes Wesley, just a man like you or me. Brother Brown talks about Abraham this way. He was just a man like you or me. But God used him. God spoke to him. God had a purpose in him. Along comes Wesley, a man like you or me, a man with troubles, a man who never had a successful marriage, a man who had all kinds of issues in his life, but yet the messenger of the age. I'll tell you what, think about that one for a while. And all the struggles that he went through with his family. And yet in the midst of that, God, he he didn't know why, but he was just burning. He was a a firebrand plucked from the fire and he was just burning day after day, preaching in the morning, preaching at night. He'd preach more in one week than most of us would in six months. But it was God. But he didn't know why. He just knew it was pushing him. Along come the different ones. And along down to this age. Brother Branham. And then comes the opening of the seals. And then Brother Branham says, Oh, now the Bible becomes a new book to us. He says, And the sea gene of God is made known. And the redemptive purpose of God is made known. And the book that had your name written has been revealed. And all of those things now has been made known. And now we, we might not have understood this yearning within our hearts even from a young age. But now by the revelation of the Word, now by the revelation of the Word, you realize you're the manifestation of God for this age, the same as Luther was in his age, the same as Wesley was in his age, the same as each believer was down through the ages. You might not know how, 
But it's all laying there now fully revealed. The mystery that was in Jesus Christ. He knew who he was. It was fully revealed to him. There was no mistakes in any situation. He walked by perfect faith. And when the bride walks by perfect faith in what the word says she is, now she's coming into rapturing condition. That's what the message is all about. Let's stand together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How great is our God. A flat, I think, the splendor of a king. Robed in majesty. How great is our God. This great one that could stoop down. Call us by name. Reach out to where you were. Look back to where you were. Brother Murphy over in China. Brother David where you came from. Brother Mike. Different ones. The lives. Some of you came up within the church. You were raised in the message. But it was made, God made it real to you anyway. How great is our God? Well, it doesn't matter whether you came from the Mormon church. It doesn't matter whether you came from the Caribbean. It doesn't make no difference. He's the great one. He's called me. This is my message. The splendor of a king
Let's bow our heads together. This is not some message that a man puts together in his mind. This is a supernatural mind of God revealed in the last days such as never been revealed before. He's speaking to his bride, your mind. I'm concerned of you. I want you to believe my word. I want you to believe what I'm telling you. Forget about the world. Forget what the devil tells you. Why listen to what the devil tells you? He's a liar to begin with and he's the father of lies. But listen to what I'm telling you. You're mine and everything that I do in your life has a purpose. And maybe you're here this evening and you just want to commit yourself to him. Say, Lord, take away every doubt. Take away every fear. Maybe you're sick and say, Lord, I believe you're my healer. You heard the testimonies at at the opening of the service of the different ones that God has touched. He'll touch you tonight if you'll believe. All things are possible to them that believe. Maybe you have a specific need and you want to ask God, Lord, I believe you're mine and I believe that I can ask for this according to your word. Why don't you just do that for tonight? Just commit yourself to God. Heavenly Father, Lord, I've declared your word as best as I know how. I've labored to yield to you that you might put an unction behind it, Father. and Take us further than just a church experience. Take us further, Lord, than just something of the natural man to have a natural relationship of natural things. But, Lord, into a reach out into the unseen realm and, Lord, to take a hold of the promises of God and let them anchor in our hearts, as David said, Hide it in our hearts that we might not sin or disbelieve against you, Lord. Lord, we love you. Oh, Lord, your word is perfect. It's yea and amen. Your message that you sent was perfect. Lord, your prophet that you raised up in these last days, he was the perfect vessel for the job. Lord, we don't look at the human failings because we all have them. But we look at your redemptive purpose. And we say, Lord, take us further tonight. Lord, let the sick be healed. Let the weak say, I'm strong. Let those that are lost say, He's my Savior. He's my God. I believe His Word. Father, pour out Your Spirit tonight upon every life. In the homes, Lord, pour out Your Spirit. In the places of refuge, pour out Your Spirit. In this sanctuary, pour out your spirit. Lord, it it doesn't come just by understanding. It doesn't come just by teaching as it were, but it comes by you quickening it into our hearts. May we leave this place never doubting these things again, oh God. We just commit ourselves to you. May the young people recognize themselves in you, Lord. We give you ourselves afresh. We ask these things for your glory, Lord. We love you. We thank you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Could you give me the key of C? In moments like these, I sing our song. I sing our love song to Jesus.
love me, you love one another. Do you love him? There's none like him. We just love him with all of our hearts tonight. I'm going to let you go. You just linger or go quietly as you wish. Remember, for the sake not only of ourselves, but of the neighbors that are watching us in the parking lot remember your social distancing for their sakes and uh, but above all you don't have to social distance from the Lord we just love him with all of our hearts amen God bless you we love each and every one of you God bless you for following the Lord God bless you for walking in his life God bless you abundantly the service is dismissed in Jesus name
Spirit, but just remember two services on Sunday and a time change Saturday night. So if you're here an hour before everybody else Sunday morning, just remember the rest of us who will be coming an hour later.